Take ORFM Dunedin with you wherever you go with podcasts and streaming of primo local content. Download the accessmedia.nz app for free from Google Play and the Apple App Store. This programme was first broadcast on ORFM Dunedin and made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome to Real-Time Resilience, Coping During COVID-19. We join Dr Denise Quinlan and Dr Lucy Hone, co-directors of the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience, plus invited experts as they share tips to look after your mental health and well-being during this time. Hello and welcome to Real-Time Resilience. Today we're talking about strategies to help us cope and be kind in our bubbles as we move through this process. I'm Dr. Denise Quinlan, and with me is my colleague at the New Zealand Institute of Wellbeing and Resilience, Adrian Buckingham. Kia ora, Adrian. Kia ora. So, how are things going in your bubble? It's been a really interesting experience. I am in a double bubble situation, so I've got two really different realities. I have half the week uh, with my kids, and then I have half the week on my own. So I'm getting a really interesting contrast. I'm getting the best of both worlds, I think, but also getting a really interesting contrast of what the challenges are in in both situations. How are you going? Oh, look, I'm, um, I'm doing well. I would say now um, it has been it has been an effort to lower the bar, and I think this is this is something we've been talking about since the first week, really, of of this level four, um, whatever we call it, self isolation or lockdown in our bubbles. But um, it's been really important to to say we need to lower expectations for ourselves and for other people, um, and that's part of being kind to ourselves. What does that look like, lowering the bar? So for me, that means walking away from unfinished work some days and going, I have done all I can do, and right now I'm tired and I don't want to do any more. And, and it, for me, it's resisting the temptation or the compulsion to push through. I've got this somewhere in, in my... Um, DNA, there is a work before play gene, and I want to get my work finished before I go and play. And actually, at the moment, that's not helpful. And so it's, it's going, tomorrow's another day. I can do it tomorrow. And just going, not so important, I'm leaving it. And for me, and, and on last Thursday, um, I was really ready for a break. And so lowering the bar on Friday looked like pajamas, didn't leave the house lay on the couch with my daughter and streamed videos. That sounds like a good day, really. Oh, it was great. Great. (laughs) Um, Does lowering the bar, I mean, obviously that makes sense in terms of yourself and the work that you're doing. How does that play out with other people? So one one of the interesting pieces of feedback we've had from people is that some people have found it easier to lower the bar for the other people in their team or in their bubble but they're still maintaining high standards for themselves. And um, not wanting to stereotype, but it has tended to be mothers. Um, And so as a mom, I'm saying, yeah, we absolutely have to lower the bar for ourselves. And, And I guess the other place I've been lowering the bar is 
you know, my house isn't very clean. And when I see dishes left in the sink, rather than getting on the case of the person who left them there, it's saying, got all the time in the world to clear these up. Mm. There'll be something, that'll be a nice break later on for them or me. That's a great choice, really, in terms of looking after yourself and your relationships. And what does, because the goal of all of this is calm. I think we have to remember that. To keep our um, relationships intact, that's the goal. We want to stay calm and be kind. And if lowering the bar helps that, great. So what is lowering the bar looking like in your bubble? Well, when my kids are here, lowering the bar um, is very much about not attempting anything remotely productive when they're around Um, because what I find is if I'm trying to achieve something or write something or or anything really and they interrupt I I have a lot of trouble being kind so um, as we've been rightly told by our Prime Minister we have to do what we can to stay kind so I've just given up trying to be productive at all when they're around I've lowered the bar with them in terms of you know if somebody really doesn't want to get out of their pajamas I'm not too bothered so we just walk to the beach and the pajamas and then turn around and walk right back home Um, And so just looking at sort of what society's expectations are and dropping those. For myself, um, when I'm on my own, lowering the bar has looked like making goals teeny tiny so they're achievable. So my, you know, in my head, I would love to be imagining that I'm going to be training for a 10K at the end of this. The reality is that if I set the bar and I go, hey, walk for 10 minutes that is a good workout that setting the bar that low makes it more likely that I'm going to do it and I might even actually add two or three minutes to the end and I feel better I've got the down dog app which is free at the moment and um, I could be doing an hour and a half class but I'm not so I'm setting you know 15 minutes and that that's realistic and and I can celebrate it after and and on that celebration I can build other achievements or not yeah, and I think that this is the key here. It's, it's lowering the bars about lowering our, our expectations for ourselves and being kind to ourselves and not beating ourselves up because that is oh. such a waste of energy. Um, in this period, we need to conserve our energy. It's yes. pretty exhausting coping right now. So I'm conserving my energy for more important stuff than beating myself up. Um, well, that actually leads me into a really interesting question because you've talked about the seesaw of productivity. Um, how does that work? What does that mean? <laughs> so, look, I think um, it's, been, it's been interesting to notice how some times of the day or some days of the week, um, I will just want to lie on the couch and eat and watch TV. I don't feel like I will ever want to work again. I, I, and I feel really overwhelmed if people want me to make decisions. and then. There are other times where it's roll my sleeves up and get stuck in. And I noticed the arc of that, particularly over the long Easter weekend. And I've been talking to other people and finding a lot of people have been experiencing this, that um, by Thursday, I desperately wanted to do nothing. I was in full sloth mode on Friday. And by Monday, I needed to get something done. And what I'm really interested in this because we know from um, psychological research that humans, we all need um, autonomy, competence and relatedness. And the relatedness is that staying connected to people piece. The autonomy is having some freedom. But the competence piece is also about mastery, about achievement, about getting stuff done. 
And by Monday, I needed to get some shit done, as they say, but obviously not in my bubble. Um, so I, I, was, I was out there trying to get some stuff done. And it was really interesting because I have a list of my early warning signals for when I'm not coping well and the things I do that make me feel better. And on that list are things like watching funny videos and talking to my kids or my sister. And um, by Monday, I didn't want to watch a funny video. I didn't want to eat or bake any more chocolate. I didn't want um, any more nice chats with friends. I wanted to get some stuff done. And oh. so I took on, it didn't actually move as far as work. It, it ended up being um, a wallpaper repair job that was particularly fiddly and difficult and gave me an immense sense of achievement. It was my highlight of the weekend. Mm -hmm. and, and I realized it wasn't just me when I couldn't find my husband and I went outside and he was outside cutting our hedge in the teeth of a southerly gale. <laughs> it was raining and windy and freezing. And I was like, what are you doing out there? And he said, I just want to get something finished. Yeah. I guess what I'm have a question about is did you need to honor the stuff you wanted to do before you felt the need to be productive? Well, I think it's about noticing that we want different things at different times. You know, mm -hmm. I what I had done between Friday and Sunday was given myself permission to do nothing. So there was freedom, there was autonomy. I had chosen to do absolutely nothing useful. And I had really excelled at that. <laughs> I definitely. And so there was no sense of compulsion that anyone was making me work. And it was interesting to notice that without that sense of, there was no sense of coercion or being made to work. But the desire to actually get stuff done just bubbled up to the top, having had right. the freedom to lie around. Yeah, I think letting go of those shoulds for a couple of hours is pretty helpful. Yeah, and, and I know... Um, most of us have been. Have you been experiencing the seesaw? Absolutely. I, I go through phases where I am lying on the couch and not getting dressed until midday. Um, and then other moments where I really think that vacuuming the house is the most important job I could do, which is unusual for me in normal times. So, but yeah. it, it's a thing I can do. It doesn't take too long. I have a sense of accomplishment after I've been collecting the recycling for my kids and and we just sat down for a little while yesterday and I gave them a pair of scissors and we just sort of saw what we could do together but that was after you know hours of having permission to not do anything and and then the same and I, I think you know following on from that that we are we know that we will have time when we want to be productive and we can get things done. And we know there's also a lot of people who are finding it challenging this week because they are, schools have gone back and parents who had kids not back at school have now got them back at school. And oh my gosh, everybody wants to be on a, a, a webinar and, a, and have, have a phone meeting and an online meeting with somebody at some point. So there's a lot of, there's a lot of competing demands in a bubble. And so one of the things we've been talking about is um, rather than making it hit and miss that you're waiting for the productivity fairies to wave their wand over you, how can we get a bit more canny about knowing what is going to work? And um, 
and where are we going to put our attention? And so we've, we've, we've come up with about five questions that we've been sharing with people. And I think they're really helpful if you're an individual working from home. But I think they're also useful to think of as a family conversation. And that's, first of all, going, number one, what's the important work? And for you, that's what matters and what, what should I let go of? As a family, it's what are all the competing demands that we try, need to try and, and meet, you know? We've got to a year 11 and a year 9, we've got a meeting of, you know, some kind of webinar. We've got someone else who's talking to their boss at 11. We've got someone else who's trying to write something. How are we going to do all this? So, so the first thing is, what's the important work? And then the next two really are around being realistic about how much time you can give to work. You know, in this kind of lockdown period, I'm thinking that if you can do two 90-minute periods in the day, that's a full day's work, you know. And if you break it up into 20, whatever works. But yeah. it's saying how much time. If, you've, if you're in a household with elderly people or little kids that need you, you cannot expect to do an eight-hour eight day. No. Everything will, everything will turn to such bad custard. Yeah. So it's, so yeah, so how much time can you give to work? And then noticing how and when you can work best. And we're all different. You know, um, Lucy so Hone, yeah, Lucy's, Lucy's an early morning person and she'll get her best work done between um, 8 and 9.30. I'll hit my straps about 9.30. Some other people we work with are night owls, you know, and it's knowing when you need to be given your time alone to do your best work and when there's no point in trying. Like, do mm. not ask me to do anything creative or productive at four o'clock these days. It's not going to happen. So let's, be, let's make, it, make our chances of getting what we want to get done better than hit and miss um, by thinking about how and when we can work, how much time we're going to try and do, and then what makes it possible? What are your barriers and your enablers? And, you know, in, in some cases, the barriers and the enablers are all human beings. So true. Um, I think that having kids around is, is the biggest challenge to productivity for me. Um, and I, I'm really fortunate that I get a couple days without them a week. But I've just... I've just stopped when they're around. I'm just like, there's not much that I can do in terms of like online work or written work or that academic side of things. So absolutely, just just choosing which jobs need to be done yeah. when is so important. And I think also that thing of um, if you have small children that need you in your house, right now that's a priority. Mm -hmm. This isn't working from home on an everyday basis. This is working from home during a national emergency yeah. and keeping our young people calm and not scared. Um, that's right up there in terms of priorities for me. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm failing to think of any pieces of my work that are as important, you know? Yeah, I do think, I've asked myself a couple times, well, what, what is my job here? What's my purpose during this? And I was like, actually my biggest purpose is just to keep everybody calm and happy and, yeah. and taking over and making sure, including myself, that we're fed and watered and we're moving enough. And 
and that we're in a good enough position to do the things we can do when there's more opportunities to do yeah, more. Yeah. And the last question that we're asking that I think is a really lovely one is how can you acknowledge and play to the strengths of your bubble? You know, um, like there are some bubbles that have strengths that are things like there's an adult in them who is willing to take children outside to play in the mud for 90 minutes at a time so that somebody else can get some work done. That is a massive plus in any bubble, you know. So like, one of the strengths in my bubble is that there are now two people in it who unprompted make me coffee. That's I'm, a win. I know. I am, so, I am so delighted. So, you know, thinking about your bubble, and I think it's helpful to think about what are the strengths of it. Mm-hmm. And I think even looking at my my own children's strengths when they are in my bubble, you know, my oldest daughter is very good at organizing. Um, So going, okay, for half an hour, you're the teacher, you're in charge, whatever you think's important, off you go. And going, okay, now I'm just going to lie on the floor for 30 minutes. Yeah, and, you know, we talked earlier about, I mentioned autonomy, competence, and relatedness are all human needs. Now, they also exist in our children. And when your eldest daughter is given the, the role of being the person in charge, you have just acknowledged her autonomy and her competence. And both of those needs have been fed. And that's a lovely thing. Yeah, and I guess we'll call the win for me, just the silver lining. And so if we think about, Adrian, about your challenges, because... We know there are people struggling with um, being solo parents in a bubble, and there are other mm-hmm. people struggling because they are on their own in a bubble. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I was really um, taken aback this week where somebody shared with me a story about um, some solo parents uh, who have really small children. They can't leave them at home, but they can't mm-hmm. take them into the supermarket. And so what these people had done was, thank goodness, they, they had each other. But these two solo parents had agreed that they would drive to the shops, park beside each other. The adult from one car goes in and does their shopping, and the adult from the other car keeps an eye on the kids in both cars so that these people don't burst their bubble. But there are people, there are some really... Um, massive challenges that people are facing out there either being alone or being solo parents in a bubble um what are some of the challenges that you've been experiencing um well again i'm really lucky that i can go shopping when my kids aren't here so that i mean i can't imagine how i'd be coping if if that was me all the time um i think probably the biggest thing is uh just a bit of loneliness um just not being seen, not being heard, not having adult conversations, that, that's been really tricky mm. with my kids. Um, so I've gotten quite good at, at lowering the bar, as you said, and, and knowing that I'm not going to achieve much. But, um, but sometimes I, I just need somebody else to, to remind me of that um, mm. and to, to remind me. One of the best things that's happened to me 
um, in this entire lockdown is that people have just called to check in. Um, and that wasn't happening in the early days of my solo parenting. It's happening a lot more because of what's happening at the moment. And so I feel really lucky, actually, that I've got some amazing people reaching out and thinking that, that actually this is a really tricky time for me yeah. to be adjusted to being the only adult in my bubble um, yeah. and having time. And then in, in, in total contrast to the loneliness you're feeling as the solo adult, I know there's also the 24 hours a day on demand sense of when do I get a break? How are you managing yeah. that? That's an interesting one because as anyone who has small children at home, you are constantly getting asked for snacks and to go to the bathroom with your small people. Um, and, and I'm pretty sure that that's, the majority of my day is fielding questions about when we can eat and then how people are managing getting the food back out of them later. And I, it's exhausting. I think one of the things I've done is that I go to bed at the same time as the kids. Um, but what that means is I'm up in the middle of the night. Um, and that, so it means everyone settles down and goes, goes to bed earlier at my house. But I have that alone time in the middle of the night, which is really nice. And that's when I read a book. And go on. Tell us about the the yoga that you get done at opportune moments. Oh, yes. Well, um, I, I started doing this years ago, actually, when I realized I was taking 15 or 16 trips to the bathroom a day. And what I not do... For her, can you just explain that wasn't for yourself? Oh, not for me. No, <laughs> for my three daughters, um, between everybody who wants me to escort them to the toilet. Um, so one of the things I do is, uh, and I started this years ago, lie down on the floor and put my feet up the wall while I'm waiting. And it just takes a couple minutes. It's a... Uh, Posture that I was told um, lowers your lowers your stress hormones and boosts your immunity. And what I really love about it is that it's the feet up the wall posture. You're looking at your feet sort of in relation to the ceiling. You're just looking at things from a completely different perspective. And, the, and I love that in terms of just having a really different experience. So I do that while I'm waiting for my kids. Um, and then it's also something I've taken to doing other times. And the kids will often just lie down with me and put their feet up the wall. And they go, what are we doing? And I was like, I don't know. We're just hanging out, looking at our feet. On a break. <laughs> yeah, we're on I a break. It. I love it. Um, and I know um, on the snack front, another of our colleagues has shared, um, um, Anna Mowat from Sparklers, has said she's made a tray of snacks for her, her daughter and, um, and has said, look, there you go. That's your snacks for the day. And um, she's on a farm at the moment and she looked out the window at one point and saw her daughter wandering across a field with a tray under her arm and she now carries it with her. So, you know, there are ways of making snack provision less onerous. So I'm loving the fact that people are coming up with some really um, creative solutions. But, but I guess the piece that I think um, I want to emphasize here is that Hopefully, fingers crossed, we are going to be coming out of level four lockdown soon. But if you're feeling, if you've been feeling cushioned in your bubble, who could you help? And mm. all of the people who are solo in their bubbles, um, often old people, all of the people who are solo parents that you know, you know, they still need help once we come out of lockdown. And, and I think it will be a really lovely thing to connect with these people and say, 
Can I be on your list? What's something I can do to help? So that if we do go back in again, and for any ordinary day of the week, you can be somebody's support and, and help someone who is in a trickier position than you. I think this is a time for um, community thinking about each other, you know, whether it's donating to Women's Refuge or Red Cross who are getting food out to people in New Zealand or to any of the organizations that are helping refugees across the world who are really struggling right now. I think um, there's a really good opportunity for us who are feeling cushioned in our bubbles to actually be of help to other people. Mm -hmm. And it's such a powerful thing to do to make yourself feel good as well. And I know Um, you've been doing that. You're a great um, donator of food to food banks, aren't you? I am. For me, um, I think of something that I would like to have in my home, and I make sure I buy two every trip and and drop the other off at the community food bank. because I think it's really important to recognize um, how lucky I am with my challenges um, and, and really look after the people around us. Um, as a teacher, you know, I, I never taught a bad kid. I taught a lot of hungry kids, yeah. um, and, and that makes for some bad behavior. So I think it's so much easier for us all to be kind on a full stomach. So if that's, if that's what I can provide my community um, in the smallest way, then that, that makes me feel pretty good for a day. Um, and it's pretty self-serving, actually. Well, we know all of the research on, on altruism and helping others that one of the simplest ways to boost your own well-being is to help somebody else. Yeah. So if you are in the fortunate position of being able to help others, um, do. And that is wrapping it up for us for today. It's been really lovely to get a chance to be with you, Adrian, And to say, I want to say thanks to you. Thank you for letting me have an adult conversation. <laughs> <laughs> and to everybody else, thanks for joining us and see you next time. Bye.